Oh, good afternoon. Welcome to another Off Left Radio Show. Where today I'm here with uh, these two fine, handsome young fellows. And we're here today to talk about and find out what the heck is going on down at the San Lorenzo River at the river mouth, right by the boardwalk. So if you've been curious and want to know, there's a lot going on. It's been happening for like, I think now eight years. And uh, it's finally come to fruition. And we're going to find out what is going on. So introduce yourself, guys, and then we'll, we'll get on with the show. Sure, I'm David Rebel with uh, Integral Consulting, uh, coastal geomorphologist. And uh, this, been, this has been your baby, right? Yeah, I've been working on this project since 2014. So. And Al, how have you, what have you been part of, Al? I, I'm just, Hi, I'm Al Ramadan, and uh, I'm with Save the Waves um, Coalition, one of the nonprofits here in San Francisco, Santa Cruz. So, Dave, Dave, why don't you let us tell us what's going on, and uh, kind of back from the beginning, get the, get the history of what's happening down here. There's a lot going on. I didn't know about it until I read Al's post on Facebook. What? And then I drove by and said, my bike, and I went, what? <laughs> I know. It's a huge it's a undertaking project. and a huge project. It is. So would you explain a little bit about it and then uh, sure. all the pros and cons? Yeah, um, I guess we can start at the beginning when we built the Santa Cruz Harbor yeah. um, in, the, er, in the mid 60s. That changed uh, the way sand moves on our beaches and basically has widened Seabright Beach and Main Beach by hundreds of feet. And that widened beach has changed the way the San Lorenzo River naturally opened and closed. And that began sort of affecting salmon and steelhead fisheries uh, back in the 60s and 70s. Uh, the boardwalk and others had been working, had been opening the lagoon, and that's really dangerous for some of the steelhead and salmon species that require that closed lagoon system as a nursery ground. And when it closes, it fills like a bathtub. And as it fills, it floods the boardwalk, which is a federal historic landmark. It floods the neighborhoods in Lower Ocean, basements on Pacific Ave. Uh, it also creates a lot of marine safety difficulties. We've had in the last couple of years, well, I guess three years ago, we lost somebody when two little girls were just playing in the sand, dig dug out a very, shallow trench across the beach and then it blew open their dad died saving them and so there's a lot of life safety issues uh, at times lifeguards when it opens in the summer and lifeguards are on one side of the river hundreds of people are on the other side of the river and this turns into a raging rapid filled river for a few hours right, right. so we've got that and then we also get a lot of water quality issues that can affect human health animal health and obviously the species that live in it so what, 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 it's a, what list of things that needed to change eight years ago, what did you, before, before when you first put pen to paper, what things had to change immediately? So first of all, the city took over management of the lagoon mouth. And you probably, over the last eight years, seen a lot of tractors on the beach, a lot of sand castles being built, so to speak, opening and closure, closing of the river, um, being done with the idea of protecting salmon and steelhead and the other endangered species, the Tidewater goby that lives in the lagoon as much as possible and balancing these other flood control and marine safety issues. So the project came about when working with a lot of different agencies, the Army Corps of Engineers, National Marine Fisheries Service, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, our uh, Coastal Commission, California Department of Fish and Wildlife and the Central Coast Water Boards 
all, I was on conference calls with the city and them for everyone eight had, years. Everyone, monthly. Had, everyone had to agree. Everybody had to agree. Right. And, and everyone did agree. Yes. Was there any fight back, any fight? About, there was a lot of challenging conversations and thoughts that went into it. And what we have here is the first of its kind. Um, the way this system is designed to work uh, is basically we have two pipes over here. Okay. I'm going to show them on the camera. Okay. Yeah. So the smaller pipe is an 8-inch pipe, and that's going to preferentially pull salt water off the bottom of the lagoon and help freshen that lagoon, creating that nursery habitat for steelhead and salmon. Okay. Once it gets to an elevation of 5 feet, uh, based on the train trestle, staff plate or staff gauge the yeah, white thing off the in the distance, distance um, then it'll activate this overflow weir which is very similar to what cap uh, the, the the flume in Soquel Creek in Capitola is where the lagoon just stays the same water level all summer so we're gonna be trying the new innovative thing about this is trying to take that salt water off the bottom of the lagoon yeah, first right um, and and we'll have this overflow weir. So we won't have to be doing these emergency breaches every time water gets too high. Um, it should help with water quality issues as well. So there's a lot of benefits to this project. Um, the other nice thing about this is part of the permitting and maintenance of this project, um, the river will still blow out in the wintertime. So I've heard a lot of misinformation that people are scared that we're gonna screw up the salmon runs. This is why we're doing this project. So what we'll be doing, so you know, talk about the salmon and how they're going to return here to the to the river. Yeah, let's just talk about the annual cycle first of all. Sure. Oh, yeah, 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 sort yeah, of the sure. first thing that happens is like sorry, but no so problem. first thing that happens is sort of like October, November, the first big rainfall, right, Dave? It blows all the sand that's sitting behind us right here yeah. out to sea. Yes. Opens up the it river now. It ends up back. It ends up back on this beach over here. Yes. It all is, moves down rural, to the which harbor. Which over the last hundred years has gained two hundred fifty feet. feet wider. Yeah. And actually, for a while, it creates a fantastic surf break. Like, let's not forget that. So when this thing blows out, all the sand goes out, there's a surf break out there, and then the salmon can run. Yes. Right? Yeah. And that happens in sort of October, November each year. Yeah, usually the first major rain is when that opens, and then the system typically, the river stays open for most of the season until April, May, June, when water levels flow and the river start to drop. And then the sand washes back yeah. in, closes it all up, right? Yeah. That's the natural cycle. Right. We're not changing any of that, right? No. The only thing we're doing is not letting the water levels get as high. Right. So, and because we've already altered the breaching and closing dynamics, in the fall, this would be the prime time to do it because of the storm coming this coming week. We would, the city would move sand away from San Lorenzo Point and reset the river mouth so it would stay up against the point. This is also a, a historic location of where surfing first came to the mainland. This was the first surf spot surfed in the U.S. mainland. And so it's got yeah, a lot it's of cultural... Yeah, by the three princes back yeah. in the 1920s. It's 18, huge. 1880s. Yeah. surf break has been gone for a long time. I think it came back last year for 10 minutes. I mean, yes. 10 yeah. Minutes, Occasionally. It, it will it return here permanently, do you think? It probably won't be a permanent thing, partly because of the change how much wider the beaches are at Seabright right. and Main Beach. Right. What happens, I mean, we had a really good sandbar in 2017. In order to make the river mouth work, even before the harbor, we needed big rain events, which moved the sand and, and cobbles from the watershed out into the ocean. That's what creates the really good sandbars. 2017, we had some of the highest water 
uh, rainfall accumulation in since we've been keeping records, and we had a really good sandbar that lasted for several months. But um, Dave, Dave, so where we're standing here, and all of this sand here and all that sort of stuff, before the river, before the harbor happened in 1964, there were waves breaking here, and the waves are lapping up over here somewhere, right? Correct. So this sand didn't exist here. There, there was a period where it did, like in April, May, June, July, that sort of time frame. And so this point that we're over here, this used to be where the surf was breaking. Yes. And Bob Pearson was telling me the other day, he used to surf through the actual cave and come out on the side, from that side and that side over here. The point being, 64, the harbor shows up. We get 250 feet of sand that goes in Seabright Beach. And, 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 and exactly, and this widens up by about 150 feet. So yep. now all of the, the, the ocean gets pushed that away, away yep. from all of the cliffs, away from all the things. So all of these cliffs and everything else that were in, in that were endangered before, i.e. they were going to fall in, and so was everything behind them, including roads and houses, no problem now. Everything's good. So from that point of view, it's good. Yeah. And by the way, we've got a harbor with, you know, phenomenal resources for boats and fishermen and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, this is the two sides of the argument, right? Yeah. We engineered ourselves into the problem, so we're engineering our way out of the problem. <laughs> two um, wrong, make a right. It makes right. it better, <laughs> maybe, in this case. Um, so you mentioned earlier that there was like a pink salmon. Yeah. That hasn't been seen here for... Uh... So in 2019, we got the first pink salmon. Uh, the city and a bunch of contractors seen the lagoon multiple times a year uh, just to look at how salmon and steelhead populations are recovering uh, or doing. And in 2019, they got the first pink salmon seen in the lagoon since 1904. Wow. So, and in that time, in the eight and a half years I've been working on the river mouth, the city's been working on a lot of other things in the watershed. So they've been cleaning up the old failing redwood septic tanks for a lot, for ages. Water quality now is probably better than it used to be. Um, even well, with- houses clean beach now. Never is cleaned right? up. It's a big thing that we get achieved. Yes. The drought uh, affected this at all? Is, the drought, or is this going to improve uh, the city water or uh, the availability of city water? Uh, can you talk about the aquifer and yeah. SoCal? So uh, this, not, this, this project, you know, one of the other things the city has done is they've been working with the, uh, for the, on the Endangered Species Act. They had to come up with a habitat conservation plan, yeah. which one of the requirements of that was for them to, during summer, dry conditions to release about eight cubic, eight CFS, cubic feet per second of water from Loch Lomond. And that keeps the watershed moving and flowing and gives fish now connections higher into the watershed. So if lagoon water quality conditions get really bad, too hot, too much algae or something, they can swim upstream and get out of the poor water quality. So that's come online in the last few years. Um, and that com combined with the change in the river mouth management of letting the nursery kind of be here instead of just blowing it open every time it closes and some changes in how they're trying to manage uh, trees that fall into the creek. You know, typically people would just go out because they're worried about flooding and they'll just bucket up, chop it into little pieces and let it get washed down this down the river. Yeah. Now they're letting some of those bigger pieces of wood stay and when the creeks interact with them they create scour holes and sort the sediment and create much better spawning gravels yeah. for the salmon and steelhead. So steelhead maybe steelhead's gonna come back here. Steelhead are in here right now. They are? So wow. um, 
the day after the September rain event, yeah. which was the highest rain we've ever seen in September, uh, the, the, the fishing crew was out here, and they in one they got about 75 uh, fingerling steelhead, about this size, yeah. that are kind of in that trying to get enough mass on their bodies so they can go back into the ocean. So there was that was that was one day of seining. Um, I was down here, look, watching monitoring construction, and I saw a bald eagle grab one of those fingerlings and take off. Um, so there's definitely fish in the system right now. Yeah. So explain real quick once again how the how the system works. I mean, it's it's pretty simple. This is it's very simple, right? It's yes. gravity. It's gravity. It's gravity. There's no pumps. No pumps. So, so give us a give us a quick 365 view of what's going to happen here in one year. Sure. During the year and during the winter months and the summer months and fall months and give us one year of how this is all going to work. So starting. Tomorrow, yeah. the river will likely be open to the ocean. So this is not going to look like this tomorrow. Where no. We're, where we're standing, we're going to be swimming. Yeah. yeah. Okay. With the rain. So the guys over here right now are yeah. taking out these generators. Yeah. And they're going to be taking out the pumps today. Okay. So all that's going to go away. The river we will be... We have pumps here right now that are, that are working. Just to keep the water level low so they can actually do the work on the pipes and Got all that it. shit. It's okay. just, it's yeah. just okay. for them. This Got is it. a temporary situation, right, Dave? Yeah, no, they're just keeping it. So the river will open, and it'll be salmon season. Salmon can start swimming upstream and downstream, steelhead. Then as the season goes on, hopefully we get a lot of rain. We get some good surf because the sand's coming out. Um, then in the spring, it's going to close up. And when it closes, it's, it'll start feeling like a bathtub. The This system... Will. This is all automatic. It's not, it's not man It's not Correct. No switch. switch. It's there is some maintenance that will be required, okay. and we're going to have to figure out what that looks like. Yeah. But basically, at the far inland side yeah. um, is where this infiltration gallery will go. And that basically is a big, looks like a big, you know, drum that goes, sits on the bottom. It's got screens and holes so that it can pull the salt water through the sand and start to bring, freshen the lagoon faster. At the time, and as the lagoon rises, we'll be pulling the salt water out first, and then as it rises and reaches that five foot elevation, then it'll fit, spill over into the overflow weir and keep the lagoon water's level set so at that, five feet. That comes like a filter. Yes. It's a filter. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, simple terms. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and then that'll, you know, start draining and stabilizing the lagoon so water So the levels. whole of summer, yeah. it's going to be at five feet five or feet. less. It's not going to be in that situation yeah, where it's, it's a 10 feet. It's going to be nice fresh water. It will be fresher water. Yeah. We'll still get freshwater algae okay. in there. Yeah. Um, but what will happen is the beach will be able to build up, so we won't have the same likelihood of one of those artificial breaches that can kill people. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's also really bad for the fish when you get one of those out of season. Because what happens is all the fresh water goes out, and yeah. what's left is like really hot, low oxygen salt water perched on the bottom. Yeah. So we'll be able to have a much healthier lagoon system right. throughout the entire summer. And then flash forward to almost a year from now, yeah. when we are looking at you know the, the rain forecast, we'll come out and excavate the sand away from the point, pile it over here, the river will rise naturally, blow out, we'll be resetting and steering the river to run out around San Lorenzo Point, 
and take that extra sand out there and start our surf spot again. For, for, the, for the surfers listening and watching, what's going to happen from here, where we're standing, I'll go back up to Westcliff, one of Al's house. What's going to happen from Al's house to Capitola? Not as a result of this okay, work. Nothing's getting, nothing's not, nothing on that. Nothing uh, on the west there. side. Nothing on the. That's all. Not, like, so I don't know exactly, but this berm that we're sitting on now, we calculated the other day, is about seven thousand cubic yards, okay, of sand, and that's just that's how much it is. So that's all going to blow out. It's going to create a sand point where it always was off the point here and there'll be surf breaks. It might break a little bit. Now, every year, however, we pump 280,000 cubic yards out of the harbour, which is like, that's 50 times the amount of sand that's here, and we blow it onto Twin Lakes. And that all trickles down and blows down to Capitola and all that sort of stuff, right? Blacks and then around the corner and all that sort of stuff. So, in terms of this, it's not going to change anything. It's not going to change shit on the west side, right. and it's not going to change anything over there because it's one, it's two or three percent of the sand relative to what's coming out of the harbour. Okay. Yeah. Now, having said that, there's a lot of interest in using sand. Okay, just like the 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 Seabright Beach has now protected all of these cliffs. Those cliffs aren't going to get damaged anymore because there's sand. There's a lot of interest and discussion about whether we should do the same thing on the west side. Yeah. Okay, and take some percentage of the payload, i.e. the sand that's getting pumped out of the harbour, yeah. and take it up here and dump it on that side. That's a discussion. There's no, there's no plans for that. Yeah. There's gonna, you know, that this took eight years. Yeah. It's probably going to take a generation for that to happen. Right. 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 So the only other thing, you know, this is, so nothing is going to change other than the functioning of the lagoon right. from this project. It will be safer. Healthier. Healthier, less flooding. Yeah. Water levels will be down. The boardwalk's not going to be flooded. The streets aren't going to be flooded. Yeah. And we'll be able to steer the river back to sort of do our best to keep the surf. At, and the salmon. Yeah. You know, and the salmon, salmon and steelhead will be it will be maintained. Right. And have, have better yeah, nursery it's habitat. It's a major project that, that was quietly quietly happened. The city. It's the city council has had to approve this probably half a dozen times over the years yeah. to make to apply for grants yeah. so most of the funding for construction and design was funded by the wildlife conservation board okay. and about 25 percent from the city yeah it's so, about three million bucks round yeah. figures for this whole project yeah which, Took, is not, which is not a lot of money for the harbor costs a lot more than three million bucks than water and sand and tides and weather and god knows what else waves waves right yeah yeah so you know, this is again. This is a, the first of its kind. If it works here, this this type of system may be installed in lagoons up and down the coast to help avoid some of these same problems. How many lagoons would you say, Dave, between San Francisco and here, just as a starting point? Well, how many river mouths with lagoons that would they be there? Dozens. Um, there's a there's probably a dozen or so, maybe a little less than a dozen. Right. Um, the the only way place you'd really want to do this kind of system place like Pescadero or yeah. San Gregorio yeah, or yeah, Pilaricitos yeah. Creek, you're not going to want to do this kind of system. Though. There's not that urban encroachment yeah. Yeah. in the yeah, lagoon and the floor yeah. floodplain. That's just mother nature to mother nature. Right. Let, right. let it. Let who, who, who designed the system? So this one was designed by Environmental Science Associates. Um, it, there's been um, a C.D. Miller. There has been Hera Kasunich. They've been geotech and structural engineers. I'm with Integral Consulting, been managing, helping the city manage the river mouth for a number of years, um, and it's really been the city's project, and 
you know, they've invested time and time again in trying to improve habitat quality, recreational opportunities, and sensitive species. It's a good story. Yeah. It's a good yeah. story. I mean, something something happened, man. Something happened, something positive, and it wasn't $25 million, it $33 million, which seems like something a, happened. Seems and like it's a deal. Seems like a hell of a deal. <laughs> but what do you, I asked you before, but for the listening audience, what do you, we, we stand back, we can't, be, we're not standing here in 10 years' time, but when we're up there, 10 years' time, what are we going to be looking at? Uh, that, in the, the summertime, yeah. we're going to be looking at a nice, healthy, sandy beach. And a lagoon that's much healthier. Yeah. Um, and with a surf spot that is in the where it should naturally be up against the point. Yeah. So all good positive things. All positive. Nothing really. Nothing. Like, I can't no. think of why somebody would sit, have a negative uh, idea for this not to, to happen. I, I think the perception. Anytime people see construction equipment on right. the beach and part of the beach has been blocked off for for a bunch of the summer, yeah. you know, down by the lagoon where a lot of kids like to swim because it's calm and warm. Um, so there's been some temporary recreational restrictions to this yeah. area, yeah. but those will be gone yeah. starting next week. Wow. So we're but finally and But took through. eight years, <laughs> yeah. let's be sort of get yeah. the perspective here, it took eight years to even get to this point, right? right. So like, that's part I of the. Like I should have been here eight years, eight years ago, <laughs> right. four years ago, like. Yeah, and seeing not how just, it. Not just riding my bike this morning, going, "What the hell is that?" Right, you know? right. <laughs> but eight agencies, yeah, including California Coastal Commission, well, who were challenging on this. Imagine that so must have been a headache when you sat down and eight years ago, go, "Holy shit, I got to talk to eight agencies here." And Month, I know, and I know, monthly and I know, calls for eight years. Well, and I know fifty percent of them is going to be a pushback, right? right. You must have had how much. The, the agencies, once we all kind of collectively said, this is the solution we're pursuing, the agencies actually have been very supportive. Yeah. We held round tables monthly. Yeah. So when one agency would have concerns, say about water quality, the other agencies would be like, hey, but this is gonna really help endangered species. And so they all kind of had, we all, everybody at the table had to compromise a little bit right. to get something. And wow. you know, what we've been saying down here all summer for those who have been you know adversely affected at times or heard the construction and everything else is you know we're breaking eggs to make an omelet yeah. so this is the omelet's almost cooked <laughs> and the well, salmon will start grand opening party it's gonna happen pretty soon mate i mean grand opening will happen tuesday soon. wednesday tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> tuesday wednesday if you're standing up here there's gonna be water running yeah so yeah. I'm going to come down and watch that. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah very exciting. Anyway, th thanks for your time. Again. Yeah, thanks. And you know. anybody's any website information that people can go to? Or yeah, if you go to the city. Scan something up there. You yeah. Scan. So if you go to the city of Santa Cruz website yeah. and type in San Lorenzo River, yeah. um, you'll it, you'll get the website web page. There's also signs posted up at the overlook here. There's a small QR code. You take a picture of that. There's a four-minute video that explains the project and yeah. some of what I babbled on about for yeah. a lot longer. <laughs> and Neil, I'd just like to say one sure. other thing, which is like, Dave is too modest to say this, so I'm gonna say it for him, yeah. which is is that the tr most people are like, no, you don't touch anything, don't, don't mess around with nature, don't do any of that sort of stuff, right? Just like, go away, let it all crumble. Dave's one of the few practical, in my opinion, Dave's one of the few practical geomorphologists who actually think, actually, that's not actually right. We can actually do things that actually improve for multiple sort of like constituents right. and protect protect the infrastructure and all that sort of stuff. And so 
ahead. I was just going to say, and just, just, just my sort of final pitch on this is, is that, look, I was at a conference just the other week about climate change. We got seven years right, to really change the way things are happening. If we don't make these kind of practical decisions right. about stuff on the west side, about the stuff on the east side, about all of the issues that we do, the whole thing's going in the ocean anyhow. Right. And that may be the objective of some people, but right. there's a lot of people who don't want that right. to happen, right? And so, all, right underneath our nose. Oh, the whole of the, the top of pleasure, uh, excuse me, the top of Westcliff just fell down. If you haven't been up there, yeah, go yeah. and take a look at the cave that came yeah. down. Yeah. You know, and there's a whole bunch of stuff on the east side. So my point is, is that it's time now for all of the surfers, all of the fishers, all of the boaters, all the record, they've got to get engaged in this conversation because right. it's not going to happen. If you leave it up to the to the to the to the agencies, they're not going to do anything. You said earlier you, you, you engineered you engineered to uh, reverse an reverse engineering engineer, mistake, but that you can't engineer. You can't engineer. You can't stop what's happening right now. The storms are getting bigger, the swells are getting bigger, the cliffs are all going in the ocean. That's not a debate. The question is, can we do anything about it? What you've seen on the other side of this cliff here is there's now a 250-foot beach that didn't exist. Right. And all those... And shouldn't be existing. It, it, well, you could argue that it shouldn't be. On the other side, all of the infrastructure that's behind it is actually a positive. Yeah. And so with it, you know, this is the whole debate, right? I'm not suggesting either one's the right way. I'm just saying get engaged in this conversation because it's really freaking important. Thanks, Dave. Absolutely. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, Please. sea level rise is going to win. Only a fool's going to pick a fight with the ocean, and we shouldn't be foolish about right. this. Yeah. But it's not an evacuation. We can watch it coming slowly. We need to get out of the way gracefully. And how we do that doesn't mean we have to run and sell and all that. We just need to adaptively grow yeah. with the changing environment. Yeah, and, and in Australia, I mean, this is a little bit of my perspective, is when I was a Grom, you know, we went surfing Noosa in 1975. You know what they were doing? They were pumping sand onto the beach at Noosa to protect the whole of the beach, right? Now, I'm not saying that's the answer. I'm just saying that is already happening in the world today, and it's had a profoundly positive impact for a lot of constituents, including surfers, right? And so if you think sand, as an example, could defend some of these areas, they can also create surf breaks. And that's a resource, Neil, and it's a resource that doesn't often get spoken about. But it drives this town. Right. Surfing drives Santa Cruz. It's the, no way you wrap up town and go See home. you later. Yeah, it's right. Right. Uh, my friend of mine has a house on Opal Cliffs. It's uh, remodeling it. But the problem she has had is with, is with the seawall. It's yeah. a battle. It's done spending thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's a battle. Where here, I, go, I look at the beach over here, and that's, they've got no problem right no, here. They so used why, to have a problem. They used to have a big problem. <laughs> right, so, so how is her problem going to change? She's on the other side. She's at privates on the other side. Private. Is her problem going to change? There, I would say that that's a whole nother talk we should yes. have. Okay. Yes. And I'd be happy to talk about that. Yeah. I've been working on sea level rise and climate change work for better part of a quarter of a century. Okay. So let's have, absolutely we'll have, have that, that we'll discussion. We'll have that time. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe that will invite us back. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Thanks, guys. All Thanks right. Thanks. Thank you very much. <laughs> See ya.